Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. This is John Burke, and with me this week is Michael Sanchez. Yes, oh, that's me, and we match. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we, we're wearing the same shirt, thanks uh, Lootwear, but... Um, Corey can't be with us this week. Uh, she had some family in town and then wasn't feeling very well when we were going to record. So it's just Mike and me. Um, but Corey still made a list and we have that with us. Um, so we will share what hers are. And I will already say, uh, if you listen to this show, there is some overlap between my list and Corey's. Not really that surprising. Um, it does happen a lot. But our topic for the week, uh, in honor of my most anticipated movie of 2017, or at least it was my second, although I think it has moved up since we did that list at the beginning of the year, and that is Baby Driver comes out on Wednesday this week, uh, same day as this episode of the podcast comes out, and um, it's got a lot of car chases in it. It's about a guy named Baby who is a driver for uh, a crime syndicate, essentially, and I can't wait to see it. I'm very excited about it. Mike, are you uh, excited about Baby Driver? I am, um, because I've never seen any of Edward Wright's in the theater, so I, I mean, I, I want to. It's a bit more rental, I think, though. I've only seen World's End in the theater, um, but I'm definitely going to see Baby Driver at least once, but I'm thinking I'm going to probably see it two or three times. I am going uh, tonight, in fact, as we're recording this in the afternoon on a Tuesday, um, I'll be going to the late show at the mall tonight at 9.45. Um, I wish I could go to the 7, but I got to pick my kid up. So going to the 9.45 um, show, and I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to see it. Um, if if the reviews are anything to indicate um, how good it is, I am a huge fan of all of his movies, uh, and I can't wait to see this one. So in honor of Baby Driver, we are doing top five car chases. Now you might think, hey guys, you've done this list, but you're wrong. We did top five chase scenes uh, about a year ago, I think, <laughs> or at least it feels like a year ago, uh, which included foot races and things like that. In fact, I was looking at my list when I was making this one. I didn't want to use any of the same movies, Oops. and um, there was no rule. I just was trying okay. to avoid it, um, and I noticed almost all of mine were foot chases in the uh, the previous list, so it was easy not to use any of the same movies. Um, now, the hard part is... I've seen so many action movies that I actually had a hard time uh, remembering what <laughs> car chases I, I liked. You know, like I remember, oh, I think there's a car chase in that movie, but, you know, that's not enough to make it on my list. So I really had to go thinking, and some of them are going to be kind of obvious, and then I think a few that you might expect me to have on my list are missing. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be the case uh, for my list. Corey's list is actually, again, it's... Three of five of ours match up, so a little spoiler for the later part of the episode. But um, we'll get into our list momentarily. I want to, Mike, have you heard the news about Spider-Man already being in the MCU, or more importantly, Peter Parker? Oh, yeah, I saw that little, it seemed kind of jokey, but I guess that would make sense if they had. I just think they're trying to save that horrible movie that he's now in. Mm. Because Iron Man 2 is probably my least favorite of the uh Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and now it's like, oh, well, but Peter Parker's in it, so you have to rewatch it. It's like, mm, no, I don't. No, <laughs> yeah, <we're good. laughs> no, I'm good. 
No, um, that wasn't Tom Holland. It was yeah, just some kid in a mask. It would be cooler if it was Tom Holland. That would have been much more. And I guess age-wise, it's not far off. Um, cause that They're just trying to yet. sell crap popsicles to us. <laughs> they they and they they have uh, everything that Marvel keeps doing. People keep buying into, and I'm I'm in. I mean, I can't wait to see Spider-Man. Um, yeah. But I mean, I don't want to watch that movie again. Iron Man two, yeah, no, me either. That was the misstep of the of the the universe. One of the only ones, to be fair. Um, like Thor, I don't love the first one, but I I like the second one, even though there's problems with it. It was more of a action movie, fantasy movie that I thought Thor should be. I'm very excited about Ragnarok, though, because of Taika Waititi. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. You just like to say that. It's a fun name. Um, Taika Waititi. Yep, it's one that I look forward to uh, very much. Um, I watched uh, last night. I watched actually watched two movies yesterday. I watched In Bruges. You ever seen that? Mm-hmm. I really like that a lot. For um, wow, why did I forget his name? Colin Farrell. Thanks for a Colin Farrell film. Yes. Oh, now hold on. Have you seen The Lobster yet? Have you? Well, yeah, but okay. I mean that <laughs> wasn't made when that was made. No, true. But I'm just saying those. Have two you Colin seen Farrell. Total Recall? Uh, I have. Um, <laughs> I vaguely recall that one because I had a weird phone call during that movie. Um, yeah, it's a good thing you got a weird phone call <laughs> during that movie. See, you, you, you've been your opinion of Colin Farrell has been untainted. You no, know, well, I saw Daredevil though. See, <laughs> okay then. So so far, the negatives have outweighed. The I don't know. In Bruges, um, Seven Psychopaths. better. Actually, though, I didn't realize until I was watching In Bruges. That's the same director. Um, for Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges. And then he has the new movie coming out that looks like a Cohen film, The Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which looks great. Although it does, again, look like a Cohen film. even has um, Francis McDermott in it to really sell the uh, the Cohen connection. Um, looking forward to that movie. But I also watched uh, a, the new Jim Jarmusch film, or the most recent Jim Jarmusch film, which is on Amazon uh, Prime streaming called Patterson from last year. Uh, stars Adam Driver, you know Kylo Ren. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. It is a very quiet, contemplative film, um, Jim Jarmusch style. There's not. It's very character oriented. Um, little story, uh, very small stakes, but a very. I enjoyed it very much. Um, connected with a lot of it, and then uh, his filmmaking style is just so intriguing. There's so many little things in the movie that you can start, you know, pondering what they mean, um, like. The character sees three sets of twins throughout the, his days, because uh, we're with him for like six, eight days technically, but more like seven days and then a morning. Um, and you see his his life is very routine um, for the most part, and then one day goes a little haywire. But uh, very compelling film again, um, very subtle, small, quiet film, but uh, I I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, it's got oh. a lot of good humor uh, and. I thought Driver's performance was understated and very uh, charismatic, despite the quiet nature of the character. I want you to pronounce his co-star's name. Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce it. Oh, <laughs> come on. Taco Batiti. No, I, I wish it were that easy. Um, give it a go. Give it a go. Try it. I'm not, I have to look at it. I that way she can call it. and correct us or email and correct yeah. us. Give us the phonetic spelling, IMDB. It's Shifta Farahani. I think Farahani sounds right. Yeah, um, and why'd you call her a gold digger? I said gold shifta. You gotta be careful because that F and the T. I mixed them up when I was typing it earlier, um, and that's a very different name. Mm-hmm. Um, gold shifta. Okay, okay, Fud Ruckers. Farahani. I'm pretty sure that one part's right. I love that the third build is the dog though. 
that the dog is also Bill. The dog yeah. is the third build. Um, Pronounce that name, Nelly. Okay, which implies it's a girl dog, but it's a boy dog in the That's movie. That's right. It's the so. rapper. You, did you see the little bandaid under its eye? Interesting that you bring up a rapper, though. Method Man makes a little cameo in this movie. Um, Does he take them through the back part of a hotel and they get to peek in all the rooms? And nope. Nope. Uh, oh. Is that a, is that how high? Or is that a different movie? That was Garden State, wasn't that him? Oh, yeah, you're right. It is Garden State. I was thinking, because How High is also his movie. I haven't seen That's it. his I haven't film. Seen how um, I haven't gotten the secondhand <laughs> effects of that one. But Patterson, uh, I, I recommend it. Again, I don't recommend it for everybody. It's definitely not a movie everyone will enjoy. Um, but it is in my sensibilities, and it worked really well. And if you are a fan of Adam Driver outside of uh, Star Wars, um, he's he brings that type of performance to this movie um, a lot. It's pretty good. And do you remember the old infomercials for the guitar um, with, I think it was Esteban? Yeah, I remember that Yeah, that, that's in this movie. Um, not You don't see it, but she orders a guitar off, off of an infomercial. Seems like a cool guitar. I him. want one. Well, it, she gets a special edition Harlequin, not Harley Quinn, Harlequin. Um, design so it's got the uh, triangle there the diamond checkerboard um, but it's in black and white because that's the thing with her is black and white that's a it's a motif in the film so um, again very interesting film um, have you seen anything recently I know you've been you're off like I am so have you watched anything good recently well we just got to see Napoleon Dynamite at oh, the yep. Folk Theater which they're doing their cult film week which I think that might be the only one because um, just this week's getting busy I, I missed Harold and Maude, which I'm very disappointed uh, about, but I could have gone. Um, I We were supposed to record, but we weren't recording last night. That's right. But I said you should. It was The air seemed like it was off to me on Sunday, and uh, like the idea of driving an hour and then sitting in a hot movie theater was not compelling. Um, and then uh, tonight is Final Tap, I think, which yep. I'm not planning on going because I have to get Taylor. And then um, also Donnie Darko, Darko tonight. tomorrow. Donnie Darko tomorrow, which I would really like to go see. Um Thursdays, Days to Confused, and Friday, Office Space. Office Space, and then Saturday, I think, was Blues Brothers, although that, I didn't see that. They didn't mm. advertise that one, so I, I maybe I, they dropped it. But um, I, I thought they were doing it, but I, it's a pretty good lineup. I just It's a long, an hour's drive. Hour, five bucks, not guaranteed it's going to be cool in the, in the, the theater. Their admission and concessions prices are right. It's Yeah, it's fair. They're renovating, and I'm wondering if that's why. It, it's got a lot. The theater's got a lot of character. It's really amazing to be. In. It's one of four atmospheric theaters left in the state of Florida, and one of only fifty, I think, in the country. And it's one of the only historical landmarks in Polk County. Um, uh, historical buildings, I guess, is what the uh, the wording was. And I'm not like this is from their own scroll. If you go to the theater, you'll see this. If you're there early enough, um, there are no trailers at this theater traditionally, though. So you want to get there right at the time it says it's going to start. Um, they're usually pretty good about the start time. Um, it's very, it's, uh, I think 1200 seats. So it's it a huge, huge. Theater. it wasn't packed out, but it was pretty good turnout for, I've seen several films there. I saw psycho there last year, um, which was, was it really cold. Cool. Uh, it was much cooler, um, mm. but it was closer to winter time. But, uh, oh. my daughter and I went and saw psycho there. I saw, um, Fan captain fantastic there. Mm. Um, I saw loving with my daughter there mm. and, um, how the Grinch stole Christmas during Christmas time. They had a special viewing that was free actually. One oh, of the okay. Churches I was going to say, so I'm sorry. I like How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I'm I don't sorry. know why people hate on that movie. Jim Carrey's hilarious. Because it's overlong. And you know they're supposed to be doing another one with Bender, Bender, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I couldn't get that out. No. no. Uh, I, I don't know if it's more animated. Does he need mo money or something? Well, he does do voice work. You've heard, you've seen Smog, Smog. Yes, right? but I mean, <laughs> why? 
Well, I guess if it's better. Do than you not like the traditional story of how the? No, I like that one. Okay. That one's only thirty minutes. There's no need True. for a three-hour movie with all it's the backstory. Not three hours. It feels like ten. You know the girl in that? Uh, yes. Little Cindy Lou, who is uh, yes. a singer in a rock band now. Um, I follow her on Instagram, but I've forgotten her. Pretty name. reckless, I think, is what they're called. Uh, I was thinking about her name herself. Oh, Taylor something. Momsen. Is that it? That. Um, but I'm taking yeah, a guess. I still like that movie. That's a tr- that's a tradition here in my household. During Christmas time, we watch that one. We watch Elf way too many times. Um, Christmas Story, twenty four hours uh, on Christmas Eve, and um, what's the other one we watch a lot? Oh well, a few years back we started uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I don't know why we're talking about Christmas movies other than Polk Theater. But if you are in the Polk County area and you're listening to this podcast, you should check out the Polk Theater. It's a one of the only independent theaters in the county. Um, so they do get some newer movies. Like I said, I saw Captain Fantastic last year. Um, I missed Jackie. They had Jackie there. I'm bummed about that. But um, I, I haven't seen anything scheduled for uh, new movies coming this summer. But I'm sure they'll get some um, towards the end of the summer after they see what's uh, doing well in other indie theaters. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Napoleon Dynamite we saw on Sunday, as Mike mentioned. I'd never seen the post credit scene. Until I can't believe you had. You're getting up. I'm like, where are you going? Yeah, I didn't know there was, was like post credits. Why would I mean one is at the end of the credits, like for real? Uh, like, it really. I said yeah. post credits. Well, I mean today's terms, post credits could mean a little stinger. You're after. part of this new generation where if it's not right at the beginning of the po- end of the beginning of the credits, it's not. Well, it's like we're not worth waiting for it. There's no indication that there's going to be a scene at the end of the movie. Uh, you got to be patient. <laughs> have you not seen the Ferris Bueller's Day Off post credit? I have, but I think um, I I don't know if I saw it before Deadpool and Perry. <gasps> <it>. <laughs> I don't recall. I may have. Um, You're going to have a lot to recover from today, sir. <laughs> you know what? I I know I have uh, some major gaps. I got to say though, one I meant to mention this with Patterson. Um, there's a he he's a poet. So like throughout the film, he's writing poems. Um, and we get voiceover narration of him writing. And even when he's not in the act of writing, he does the narration like he's writing. You know, like, you know, he kind of, like, will hang on a word as he's writing it down. So, like, if I'm writing uh, the narration. Whoa, man. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, you're going to, the narration of this is, you know, you're going to, it's going to be more like a writing narration than it would be like a traditional narration. But at one point he does a poem, and he's like, there's a song that says, um, would you rather be a fish? And then he, it, the song, this is his words, the song later will ask the same question about a pig and something else I'm now forgetting. But do you know what movie that song is in? Mm, no, that one doesn't ring a bell. It's the first song in Hudson Hawk when they robbed the place. Why would you think <laughs> I would know the Hudson Hawk trivia? Because it's so good. <laughs> uh, see, I'm telling you, you're digging. <laughs> where's the golden shovel well, uh, to dig? dig deeper well i got i have an opportunity um i haven't told you yet i told Corey, um just like this morning because she messaged me about i think she sent me the list or something um i got an opportunity to write an editorial slash column for uh, battleship pretension um which is a podcast that i'm a big fan of and um i have to pick a topic and that's been i've like for the last 12 hours i've been like stressing i have a couple of ideas um, but one of them that I'm considering, which I don't know if it would go over well with the Battleship Pretension crowd, given their name. And I mean, while often they have a, you know, artsy approach to film, they still have their their favorites like everybody else. You know, those guilty pleasure movies. And I was thinking about uh, a topic. And even if I don't do it for them, I might write it for our site. 
um, of uh, bad movie badges. You know, like where don't be ashamed of those movies that you like that are bad. Support them because it's still it's still art, even if it's you know dogs playing poker. It's still it's still true, art. True. I mean, I'm looking around my my kitchen right now where Mike and I are sitting recording this, and my wife has decorated with several pig paintings. Um, which the w- pigs really use their tails very inventively. <laughs> which we would, we would be weird. Yes, the pigs paint with their tail. No, uh, paintings of pigs. Oh. Um, and I I have no say in what gets put up on our walls in this l- in this room. Um, and I'm fine with that. But they are somewhat creepy. If we ate pork more. It'd be really creepy, but my wife's not a fan of pork because she thinks pigs are cute. Hence, why we have so many pigs on our wall. That's probably but why they taste so good because they're so cute. But I'm willing to bet that these paintings will not be on any museum walls in the near future, and that's my point. You know, uh, so like the art you like, even if it's not art to most people. Um, it doesn't mean you should only like one type of art, though, and that's what I like to encourage. Is like, yes, you can like the the dumb Transformer movies if you want to. But, you know, check out Patterson on Amazon. You might like it. You might not. That one's not dumb, though. Hudson Hawk is kind of... Mm. Hudson Hawk is dumb funny. And okay. Transformers okay. is very dumb. Bumblebee pees on some, on John Turturro in, I think, the first movie. <sighs> Thank and you. And that's your robot pick. Yeah, I do like Bumblebee. Stay uh, classy, <laughs> Bumblebee. Stay classy. There's, like... Uh, th- I like the fact that I can watch, like, a movie like Patterson and appreciate it, and then still like Hudson Hawk. Even though, again, I've not seen Hudson Hawk in but some I time. So I bet you don't like it as much because he didn't pee on John Turturro. Well, I think any movie John Turturro gets peed on gets extra points, right? <laughs> wow. The Jesus. Yikes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dude, that's my carpet. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to get into our top five list. Uh, we're doing, again, top five car chases. Um, I'm going to go first this week, and then uh, we'll do Corey's list, and then Mike will go. And again, uh, just in case you're new to the podcast, the way this works is if there's overlap, and I've already told you that there's at least overlap with Corey's list, we will wait to uh, share her thoughts or my thoughts, depending on who's higher up on the list. Um, So, for example, if my number four is Corey's number one, I won't talk about my number four until we get to Corey's number one, although that is not the one that matches. Um... And before we get into it, this is usually Corey's job. I need to just record her saying it so she never has to say it again. But um, spoiler warning, uh, there's a good chance that while talking about our favorite chases in a movie that it might be towards the end of the film or might reveal some plot elements that you would consider to be a spoiler. So we do post our list ahead of time. You can see it on BurkeReviews.com or on our SoundCloud channel. And uh, make sure that the movies that we're going to talk about are ones you've either already seen or don't care about having spoiled. That said... We're going to get into our list this week. Um, we've made our list in private. This is one of the rare times where I get to see what Corey's list is beforehand. Um, and Mike, if you're a li- regular listener, you know this, but if you're not, Mike likes to pick movies that Corey and I have probably never heard of or seen. And so we like to do a little wager. Um, unfortunately, Corey has not told me her wager yet. She might message me uh, while we're recording this, but I'm going to say car chases. It's a broad category, so it can come from almost any movie. I'm going to say I've only seen one of your movies this week. <laughs> um, Betting, hedging your bets. Hedging my bets because, I, I, you know, car chases can be in any type of movie. A lot That's of people right. think action films, but they definitely do not have to fall into action. Um, although, yes, that is where you're going to find most of them. Um, and car chases go back. I mean, some of the best car chases go back way before I was born. Uh, we're looking at Steve McQueen films and things like that. So, Oh, I know that one. Bullet. Yep. And so, uh, which I've never seen. And... 
I have to admit, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I I've seen like the car chase, but I can't yeah, use that. Because it's infamous. <laughs> infamous, famous. It's and very famous. Um, when we make our list, I, I tend to only choose movies I've seen completely. I don't just choose scenes that I've seen on YouTube. And um, I also try to uh, I try to diversify a little bit. So I have some old, I have some new. Um, although my Something order, borrowed and something blue. That's right. I like to get married to my list. It's a commitment. Oh. Um, hmm. I don't know what that is. Um, man, my phone just got like four messages back to back. Um, You're popular. All right. So going first, um, my first movie, my number five top five car chase is going to come out of a comedy that I think I've referenced at least once, but probably no one's expecting this to show up on a list of the best car chases. But Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny uh, car Chase City, which is actually one of the songs on the soundtrack. If you've seen Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, it is a rock opera, um, or at least that's what I've heard it called, and I'm not really sure what the definition of a rock opera is, but I, I buy into it. It works for me as a rock opera. Um, they are uh, you know, driving back from stealing the pick, and um, they get pulled over because their uh, one of their brake lights is out, but... Kyle and, and JD both think that they're being pulled over because they stole the pick from the the rock and ho the rock and roll Hall of Fame, and so uh, Jack J Jack Black's trying to be cool. He's like, "All right, it's okay. Let's be calm." And Kyle looks very stressed. And then as the cop gets out of his car and starts walking, he slams on the gas, and they go they go flying. And what makes the scene extra funny is they're driving a borrowed car from their friend and fan of Tenacious D, Lee. And it's a student. He's a, he does student driving. So like on the top of the car, on the side of the car, it says student driver. And um, he's eating his lunch. We cut to Lee eating his lunch, and the news breaks out of this car chase. And he's like, "That looks like my car." But at this point, things have been knocked off the car, so it's not as distinctive as it was a few moments ago. And uh, he calls the car phone, which yes, it's a car phone. It's plugged into a cigarette lighter and everything. It's very funny. <laughs> um, and it's just like, "Hey, is everything okay?" And Jack Black's trying to. Yeah, no, we're fine. But he's, you know, there's this like dramatic irony as we're aware and they're aware. It's silly, it's goofy, but I enjoy it. And it does, um, it kind of plays on some of the tropes of the car chases. Uh, they they get a big Dukes of Hazard type flip off of a ramp towards the end of it, which is really fun. Um, oh, if they could have gotten Waylon Jennings to <laughs> be the balladeer. But I, um, it, as soon as we did this list, that was one of the first ones that popped into my brain because I, it's got a, it's got its own soundtrack um, written for the chase. You know, um, it's basically narrating the chase, but they're not singing it in the movie, like they're not like singing it while it's happening. But it is, uh, it is by them, and it is, uh, it pretty much narrates the chase, and it's pretty funny. I, I enjoy it. So dumb, yes, but one that I like, it is. So my number five, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, Car Chase City, which Mike. I know you've never seen this movie. Never seen it, but it does bring remind me of a pick that I'd, I kind of left off, and now because I didn't make an honorable mentions on this one. Oh, okay. Um, it it seemed pretty well. Now I, I I normally do, so it's odd. So this one could be an honorable mention. It reminded me when you when we say silly car chases. My first thought, and I wonder, I'm on a, trying to think of which Naked Gun film it was because. They, they're, they're, well, the student driver thing. I don't oh. know if you remember with John Houseman and the Man. student driver. I've seen all of them, but I don't think I've seen... I saw parts of one recently, but I, I don't so remember. So you would remember it, so it must not be one. So it's either in part two or 33 and a third. But there's... he Drab, Frank Drebin commandeers a student driver. 
mm-hmm. and obviously he doesn't realize what he jumped into try, instead of taking over he's a student driver still and then I'm still driving yeah and then if i rem- remember correctly it's john houseman with that very distinct voice and then uh, giving her tips on how to do sign language specific maverick and goose type of sign language to ah. the truck driver that had been uh, i forget what it was very obno- obnoxious truck driver well see i considered um in like just deciding what a car chase was um as far as like you know could it just be like a car chasing after a non-car like a person or something that was something i debated because like you have a uh, back to the future 2 when biff is chasing down marty on the hoverboard um or like even back to the future 1 where he's chasing him down on the skateboard you know that he's trying to get away and then he hits the manure truck I didn't count See, those. That would be an honorable mention because that's still a chase. Yeah, it's still it's a but is it a car chase? Like it's a chase for sure. That involves a car. It so does involve that, a car by that rationale. And that's I was unsure. Maybe so that's why that should be uh, an honorable mention. Yeah, maybe because it's not quite it's not car v car, which Plus, all of mine are. Um, although a lot of mine are police chasing after. Um, well, no, I guess just that one. No, two two of mine are police chasing after. But um, plus, Robert Zemeckis really likes his manure. I hate manure. Um, no, no. Well, yeah, it, I hate Biff. it. Biff hates it. <laughs> I hate it too, to be fair. Um, but it happens. Uh, all no, right. <laughs> it happens. So going to uh, number five for Corey. Corey is not here, as I said. Um, her number five. Uh, any guesses, Mike? I no. couldn't tell you. I have no idea. It's one that um, I ended up putting as an honorable mention myself is The Dark Knight. Um Oh. The Joker trying to kidnap Harvey Dent. Oh, that is uh, a good one. She's got so many typos. <laughs> the Joker tries to kidnap Harvey Cent. Um, oh well, but why wouldn't she want? Why wouldn't the Joker want his essence? <laughs> just <laughs> it's not how she spelled cent. <laughs> just the amount. Of oh, a couple <laughs> pennies worth of money. Or? Nope, as in like it was sent. <laughs> I sent the email yesterday. Um. Well. <laughs> Um, the amount of planning mm. it takes to pull off such an intricate and well-choreographed chase is unimaginable. It starts with a burning fire truck blocking the intended route of the police procession as Joker, um, as crazy as the Joker is, he is very methodical. Um, I also love that scene. Um, and, of course, yeah, Batman ends up pursuing, too. That definitely should have been on the list. That yeah. I guess that's another honorable mention. I actually thought I had it on my other list and so had never planned on putting it in my five because I thought I had it. And I didn't, but then I just left it as an honorable mention. Um, because I do talk about the Dark Knight movie quite a bit. I think it's been on a few of our lists, and yeah. that's okay. It's, it's, it's crazy. Well, although it makes me question why. I guess they were forced into that under, underground part of the, the road, but still, I always wonder why couldn't you have, you know, done something? It just seemed, I don't know. It was a great scene, fantastic oh, yeah. scene, but it's just yeah. the police. Police ineptitude. Yeah, well, even Batman starts like just ripping through cars. Well, it was cars. a trap. It was a double, double cross. So yeah. there is that. Although, at what cost? Because they lost the police helicopter. They did, which was a really cool scene yeah, too. Yeah, that though. was crazy. Um, and I know that he, uh, the way Nolan did it, was very, because he didn't he flip an actual semi. Yeah, yeah, he legit flipped a semi, yeah. um, which was is crazy in the amount. Like, it, and I think they could only do it once. See, and that's that criteria right there should have included it on mine. Because I feel, I mean, I feel we're leaving off the the poor uh, Batman and Robin motorcycle race chase scene. But no, I'm just okay. Kidding. I was and like, oh, no. see, it's art, still <laughs> art. Why are you, why are you doubt, why are you dismissing that art? Art has to have been made. That one was never made. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of that movie. So, uh, wow. 
Jeez. It's bad. Um, thank but you, Joel Schumacher. Oh, um, he should. Never mind. I don't. I'll, I'll be nice. But all right. So Nice-ish. to be fair, if that movie hadn't come forth, it probably wouldn't have felt as campy. But by the time that one showed up, we already had the two Tim Burtons, and then even Batman Forever, which gets campier, is nowhere near as campy as Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin felt like a Power Ranger ripoff. Uh, the color palette in that movie mm-hmm. is reminiscent of the Power Rangers, and the cheesy one-liners that Arnold drops as Mr. Freeze is some of the worst one-liners in his career. Um, so bad. Such a bad movie. So, all right. We're going to Mike's number five. What do you got for number five, bub? All right. So here we go. I'm curious because I, I feel like I've mentioned at least two of these before. So I'll start ahead and go just go with it. Um, William Friedkin's first appearance on my list because he appears twice. And that gives you some hints, those of you listening and those of you that remember my other list. Uh, starts off with his 1971's The French Connection. All right, so I'll start with the numbers. 99, these are great. 98% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, 7.8 IDA. That's not so great, but it's passing. 7.8 IMDb score and a 96 meta score. So it's up there. And I will say this particular car chase shows up on a lot of car chase scene lists. Top however many lists. Um, the one that is almost always way up there is... Uh, Steve McQueen's bullet that we yeah. mentioned already, and that's but I can uh, I can't include it because I haven't watched that one. But this one I have. Um, in this case, uh, uh, one of the things, and going back to what we just talked about with Christopher Nolan and doing the Dark Knight chase scene, there there wasn't CGI. I mean, I know there was CGI in the Dark Knight, uh, but in, in 1971, there wasn't CGI to fall back on. So this was a le- legitimate car chase. And the thing about this, Popeye Doyle, who's played by Gene Hackman, based on, on NYPD detective film actor named Eddie Egan. I hope I'm not pronouncing that right. He's intent on catching his perp. And that particular perp, and this brings something else into play because we were just talking about this, happens to be on an elevated train. So oh, okay. he takes over a civilian's car, he grabs it, and off he goes on this chase. Now, according to the director, the T- DP director of photography, for those that you don't know, they used a bumper mount camera, which is, uh, you know, obviously, but they ended up setting it to uh, 18 frames per second speed, and it gave it more of a speedy look. That there is some camera trickery involved, and there were definitely some accidental bumps that the stunt drivers made during the production, but those accidents, those little happy accidents... Yeah. Very Bob Ross uh, Ross-ish. They ended up being left in the final cut. They liked them. Uh, I know that most contemporary viewers and a lot of film viewers of a, let's say, post-80s and millennial viewers are mm-hmm. used to bigger explosive types of chases. But ultimately, what this, for me, the realism that, I mean, it, it, it's really, that's what they're doing. They're not getting computers. They have stunt drivers and very, you know, risking their lives to do this. And you can see it in the chase. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like we're spoiled nowadays with some of the chases because they seem so mm, computer generated. Yeah, which um, there's definitely been some better examples. But um, and that's an interesting thing because I didn't think about um, a lot of mine are not. Well, I guess one of mine is less about the speed of the chase and more about the in innovativeness of it um and we'll get to that in a couple but <coughs> um that's a movie french connections one that's on my list as well as a lot of actually the uh when you do look up other ch- people's chase list the big movies that are on there bullets always on there and that's another one that i've seen a lot and i i need to watch both of those um 
Not, like, I like a good car chase. I, I wouldn't say I go, like, I'm not a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, so I'm not drawn to movies about the cars, but I like a good action scene. And if it happens to be a car chase and it's also entertaining in the movie, I'm good with that. Um, I'll have to say, it's not on my list, and it, I don't know if it'll make it to yours or not, but I did enjoy, despite the campiness of it, the uh, Gone in 60 Seconds remake with uh, Nick Cage, but... Um, it didn't make my list because I haven't. I've only seen it. I think I saw it twice, but it both were like TV edits, and it was just kind of in the background. Enjoyed. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like know it verbatim or anything. Um, Chris Eccleston plays a. I'm pretty sure he's the villain who's like way over the top, um, as he can do. And I might be wrong. It might not be Eccleston. I feel like it is though. Um, and then you got Giovanni Ribisi's in it as uh, Cage's brother, and you got some other good actors in there. Um, it's got some good stuff in it. It's not not a perfect movie by any means, and it is a remake. And Nick Cage gets to Nick Cage out at one point. Uh, but if um, that's on my screen, it's usually gone in sixty seconds boom. as well. All so. right. Well, let's move into number fours. Uh, my number four. We're going back. This is probably one of the oldest movies on my list, uh, uh, like ever. Nineteen fifty nine. North by Northwest. Okay. Mm. Uh, mm. So this is a funny car chase in a sense because um carrie grant's character whose name is now going to elude me um is been kidnapped and he's uh they're gonna fake his death so they've made him super drunk and they're gonna have him uh (laughs) drive his car off a cliff but he comes to his senses uh, with enough time to push the other guy out of the car take over the wheel roger thornhill um thank you and uh looking it up and start driving but he's really really drunk so it's a drunken chase sequence um, done Hitchcock style. It has the Hitchcock drive shot that is in most of his films. It's 90% of um, of uh, Vertigo. And it is a major opening sequence of Psycho is her driving to the Bates Motel. Um, and here it is again. Same, you know, his drive shot, back shot. You know, we see where he's going. We see him swerving. And Cary Grant's making some very funny I'm drunk type faces. Um and it's intense, though, because you're like, he almost dies several times because he's super drunk. Like, they made him drink, like, a whole bottle of bourbon. <laughs> um, so he's he's swerving, and he's making, like, like little hiccup faces. His eyes are closing, and he's like, <laughs> but um, I've seen that movie a lot this year. I, I saw it for the first time, I think, last summer, and then I watched it with my students. Um, so that was two more times. And then it uh, they did their Fathom Events, TCM Presents, uh, North by Northwest, I think, for the anniversary well, it couldn't have been the anniversary. I mean, it could have been the anniversary, but not a big anniversary because it's from 59 and it's 2017. But my daughter and I went and saw that in the theater, which I was worried. I didn't think she would like North by Northwest because it it's great, but it's slow at times, you know. Um, as Hitchcock movies are, they're not in any kind of hurry by today's standards. And uh, But she loved it, and I was really excited when she liked it. She actually likes every Hitchcock she's seen so far, which I think is just Psycho and this one, which... I want to show a rear window, though, because rear window is my favorite. Um, I think Jimmy Stewart really gets to shine. Well, I like Psycho a lot, too, though, so it's hard to say. But I have to rewatch this. It's been a long time because Northwest, Northwest I, I mean, I'm thinking Mount Rushmore. I'm thinking the yeah the biplane, the du- crop duster mm-hmm. part. That's the most iconic scene. But I, I forgot about <laughs> that part because country. it is very, yeah. It is it's very short. Long. It's not a long chase. No, um, it's not. And, but it's just clever. It's very clever. And it. It's important because again, if they succeeded there, movie's over. You know, <laughs> he has to have enough sense about him to um, to drive. And I think he even makes a joke about it. it's not the first time he's driven drunk home because that is a, a kind of a thing with him. Is he is a, he goes to the bar a lot. Um, 
that's a joke early in the movie about his mom smelling the alcohol on his breath and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, because he still lives with his mom. Um, and, you know, Hitchcock's got to have his his stuff in there. Mom mom issues is a common one. Uh, maybe one of the reasons I connect with Hitchcock so well. So, <laughs> that is my number four. Uh, Corey, what do you have to say? Oh, nothing? Okay, thanks, Corey. Um, <laughs> Man. Burn. Um, Didn't even give her a chance. I know. Well, you know, sometimes she just doesn't say anything. So, um, her she number did, four. She's not listening to us anyway. Her number four, I'm going to wait to say because it is one of my later movies. And I feel like since she's not here to say it to stop her, I'm just going to go ahead and stop. And I'll announce her number four when we get to it on my list. All right, so I'm going to jump to mine then. Yes, um, sir. John Frankenheimer's 1998 spy thriller Ronin, uh. which I've talked about Ronin before. Uh, it's 68% fresh rated, 7.3 IMDb score, 67 minutes score. So ju- just that said, uh, it's one of those underrated spy thrillers of the 90s. I really got into it. And there's a few lines uh, I know we've mentioned um, Robert Nero. Uh, Oh, I've lost Jean Reno. Jean Reno. Well, uh, there's a scene between Sean Bean and Robert De Niro where he. I've just lost the terminology, but we talked about that previously. And he and, and he and he gets them by using a coffee cup, cup a cup of hot coffee. But that's oh. that's not related to this. Um, it's funny that um in one of the other lists i think it was the dark knight inclusion the kind of precision the planning that it takes you know, the joker's character is not you know he's known as being very chaotic but there is a method i suppose to his madness and in this case they're very methodical and i think that's the beauty of this particular chase scene is the audience is privy to the planning of it they're, they're part of it you get to see the intricacies that are involved with it the locales in which the chase is going to take place and the planning cuz you don't just doesn't just happen and there's the chase and they have these contingencies and they talk about it and 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 even with the planning every, every even the best laid pl- uh, plans of mice and men um <laughs> that something is going to go awry and because i feel sometimes you usually just jump into a chase and it's eventual resolution and you know everything seems so happenstance and in this case you see that at its inception the driver and i can't remember what he requests but the driver makes some specific vehicle requests they have some very clever diversions and then the cat and mouse games goes goes even further than just the vehicle chase but it makes that really tense and there's a bunch going on and then a double cross and all sorts which leads on to the next part of it it's again i think the f- the film overalls are underrated I, well, rating it seems pretty positive. I mean, sixty-seven Metacritic isn't bad. Um, I think it's maybe underseen. Um, maybe I'm not, yeah. I don't know why I would. I'm trying to think. Nineteen ninety-eight. What would it make? Because Robert De Niro, John Reno was coming off of uh, Mission Impossible and probably The Professional quite a few years earlier. Few years. Stellan Skarsgård, Sean. Oh, I put Sean Price, but it's supposed to be Sean well, Bean. It looks like they tried to make an Oscar run. They released it in September. Um, Maybe it was being forced or and something. That, yeah, because they might have been thinking, well, it's De Niro, so we'll, we'll push this as an Oscar movie, which it doesn't seem like it would be an Oscar no, movie. No, I, I, it's 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 solid, but I just don't see it being Oscar-worthy. Yeah, it seems like Oscar they should probably pushed for a summer spy thriller, um, mm-hmm. and they didn't. So, And Frankenheimer, I can't remember all of his catalog, but I don't know that he had made films very, you know, a large volume of film maybe in the 90s and it was maybe near the end of his career oh well there's part of the problem 
I mean, it wouldn't have been a big problem, but he is uh, attached to the island of Dr. Moreau from two years before so that. So trying to recover <laughs> from that, that would make more sense. Yep. Which I, I remember seeing at the theater and being, even now, I'm just, what am I watching? Dude? The Island of Dr. Moreau? Yeah. Yeah. I never watched the full movie. I remember trying to watch it on HBO when I was like in high school and not no, being like, this is weird. It's a mess. Um, which is another weird connection to Patterson. They don't watch the Island of Dr. Moreau, but they watch the, one of the old black and white, the Versions. Island of, uh, yeah, and... Um, I did watch the documentary last year, though, about the making of the island of Dr. Moreau. The Frankenheimer version? Yeah. and um, It's a mess. I it's mean, a David Thewlis, I mean, the yeah. everybody, and I think Feruza Balk and all the pa- the, the makeup and everything involved with it, there's a lot. I forgot the name of the doc right now, but it's a really interesting um, look at how this movie, and particularly Marlon Brando, um, was <laughs> a nightmare uh, to, yeah, to get done. Yeah, yeah. And how it even started, and like, because there was another director originally attached to it. Um, I think he, I don't know if this was the uh, Richard Stanley, uncredited. Yeah, um, hmm. Stanley was, um, I think, the original. Like, he had this vision of it, and then the vision wasn't going to be made, and they ended up kicking him off. It's a really compelling documentary, and you see kind of the craziness that this this filming was. All right, um, I said earlier that Corey and I had three that overlap, um, but I changed two of mine after I said that. Um, cause I had, I had a, f- I was torn about a couple anyways, and I figured since her, she's going to talk about them and technically I'm going to talk about her movies, I figured I could say my piece with that as honorable mentions and include two other movies. So that's what I did. My number three, um, which originally was matching Corey's, uh, number, uh, one, um, is no longer there. So, uh, I ended up going with the man from uncle from 2015, the Guy Ritchie film, um, starring Army Hammer, Henry Cavill and Alicia mm. Vikander, um, a very unseen movie. And that's unfortunate because it's pretty solid. It's not amazing or anything like that, but it is. It's good. Um, it's got it's got enough in there, and it has a pretty awesome car chase sequence. And this is the one that I was saying doesn't really involve speed. Uh, the car chase is more methodical than that. They are trying to outsmart each other, um, so it's almost cat and mouse with cars. So like they'll pull up, uh, you know, they park and they hide, and so the guy drives past. Um, at one point, th- before the chase even begins. Um, Henry Cavill's laying down, and Vikander's driving. And Army Hammer, who's playing the uh, Russian spy, pulls up alongside of them. And from the back seat, Cavill shoots his window, like, without him knowing he's there. And so it looks like, and then she p- peels out, and they drive away, and it looks like they got him. And then we cut to his car, and he's he laid down just in time where the bullet, like, whizzed past, and the pursuit begins. And there's these really cool stunts. Um, there's a part, because uh, they're trying to get over the Berlin Wall. He's rescuing her from East Berlin. Um, and trying to get her over the wall and um, he has her he's like turn here and she's like what are you talking about he's like do it and she's going down this alley and it's really tight it's like way too tight the car is not going to fit and it ends up getting wedged right at the end of the alley <laughs> but and she thinks they've made a mistake and he's like roll your window down she's like what and he reaches across and rolls her window down it's like go through the window and like she looks and there's a window open where he is and that's where they're supposed to be so they get to the roof of the building where they're going to zip line down and it's it's um, at one point, Army Hammer is chasing the car on foot, and he looks like the T-1000 from T-2. Like, he's just, like, fucking it. Have you seen this boy? And he grabs onto the... Uh, um, With the, his metal hooks? No, but he grabs onto the... Oh. There's, like a, like, a bike rack or, like, a suitcase luggage rack on that. the truck. <laughs> he's grabbing onto it, and I don't know if it's supposed to show how strong he is or if it's just a piece of crap car, because eventually the, the, the trunk rips off, and he, like, chucks it at the car. I mean, it an Italian car? <laughs> well, they're in Germany, so probably not, oh. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> Um, but it is a Guy Ritchie film, so it's got Guy Ritchie's quirks and you know h- humor with the action. But I I think the film's really good, and Army Hammer does a really great job in this movie. Um, 
he might be a severely underrated actor um and he could have been batman you know the original script for justice league before nolan did the dark knight trilogy army hammer was was flagged to be the next batman um but obviously that didn't happen so uh and he wouldn't have made a good dark knight he's he's more of a bright knight like adam west but maybe they hmm he he does have a very impressive jawline i'm putting my finger over his eyes Mm -hmm. i could see it now they're I'm gonna trying to draw little pointy ears on him. I've heard him in. Um, oh, uh, The Rock wants him to be Shazam because The Rock is supposed to be Black Adam, and The Rock wants him to be Shazam. Yeah, I can totally. He's got that boy next door look. But At then they got to get a shot. kid that looks similar enough to go from Billy Bastion <laughs> so to they'll, they'll Shazam. genetically engineer uh, one or in computer, Hollywood. <laughs> computer generated. Yeah, I mean, they'll be fine. Baby, no, we're here. up to <laughs> the, the age of eugenics. I know Khan's probably out there already. So, but yeah, I could see that. I I actually think he would be a good Hal Jordan. Um, Looking at him, like you put the green yeah, mask I can on him. See that too. Maybe better Kyle Rayner, but um, I want Guy Gardner. Darn it, not him. But I want a Guy Gardner. You know, Wahlberg could pull it off. Um, you know, the boss. He doesn't have the hair, but he has the accent. <laughs> I was thinking J- uh, John Heater. I like I like Guy a lot, and I love Guy and Batman's connection because they hate each other, and so <laughs> you'd have some fun times. Um, although I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, for Green Lantern, if we end up with John Stewart, since that's where the kids are more familiar because of the Justice League cartoon, we went dream casting for the Justice League. So let's move into uh, Corey's number three, which was originally my number two, but is no longer, and that is John Wick Chapter Two. Uh, the he gets his car back. Um, <laughs> so uh, in the first movie, his Mustang is stolen, and it's the beginning of the second movie. He's trying to get it back from the people who stole it from him. Finally, after. Uh, a long time has happened. Um, and this is Corey's words. Do I realize there are some cheesy parts in John Wick 2? Of course um, I do, but it doesn't affect how much I enjoy the movie. I agree with that completely. I love that taxis are chasing him because uh, that's it's a taxi front. Like, I guess they drug smuggle in the taxis. Um, come on, guys. It's nuts when he pops open his door and stops to flip the guy off the motorcycle. Uh, not just flip him off, but flip him off the motorcycle. <laughs> When he's back in the warehouse and back over the uh, backs over the guy, holy heck, violent! Oh yeah, but it hypes me up. So Corey uh, responds well to violence, so that's good to know. Um, it was actually on my list that same chase. It's it opens actually with him chasing a guy on a motorcycle that leads to the warehouse where he get, gets his car back. Um, it's intense. Some of the stunts, like he's doing these crazy car stunts in this really tight corridor, like just and from my understanding. When I say he's doing it, I mean Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves does 90% of the stunts in this movie. Wow. And if you haven't seen the video of him training, and it's circulated for over two years now, but the dude could kill everybody, and we're lucky he's really nice. Because <laughs> he, like, all the shooting, all the jujitsu, the judo, he knows all of it for real. Like, he is a, a lethal weapon who has a heart. <laughs> and so, because I've heard stories of him being, like, one of the kindest people from Hollywood. I've read that, and I know we're hard on him, and I know he's like, whoa. Yeah. But when oh, what was that direct Dracula line? Oh, um, the the <laughs> inferno. <laughs> so he can't. I can't do British accents either. To be inferno. fair, inferno. And he didn't cast himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'll tell you what. <laughs> if uh, if Ford Coppola was like, "Hey, Birkenfield, we want you," I'd be like, "Okay, inferno." Yeah, yeah I'll say inferno all day long, dude. Give me a paycheck. Like, I, it's hard to blame Keanu for that. So, um, but. Because when he is on, he is on. Matrix, uh, John Wick, those two roles were perfect for him, and he's nailed it. I have not, still have not seen Point Break, but I, I, I've seen clips of it, and I think I saw it as a kid, but I don't remember it very well. So I like, I remember the mask, and I remember the shooting sequence because that's in Hot Fuzz. So like, I've seen that scene way too many times. Um, could 
Could you imagine our very recent nominee for Worst Parent of the Year, Will Smith, as Neo? And no. I, re- I I say parent uh, Worst Parent of the Year because of... Jaden Smith's yes, Batman video. Yes, ha- uh, which that's all the exposure we need to give it. If you're that curious, please don't blame us for loss of brain cells. Yes, it's an atrocity. Um, I, I don't know what happened to Will Smith's kids because even... What I know of his daughter is not better. Maybe he doesn't have a Doc Brown to take him into the future. I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with our kids? Something's got to be done about your kids, Will. Are they? We got to go back to Bel Air. <laughs> um, but uh, Uncle Phil would be so disappointed. So, um, yeah, it is. Uh, I totally lost my train of thought. John, John Wick Chapter 2. There it's it. Um, it's a really good movie. Uh, Corey and I did an episode of Movie Club about it when it came out. So if you haven't listened to that and you want to hear a review of the film, uh, you can check that out on our back catalog. Um, but that car chase in the opening, it's its impressive in every way. Uh, I wanted to pull something from the first movie, actually. But the car chase is really short in the first movie. Although he does almost die in real life because they have him driving and doing the skidding stop next to a ledge and again Ooh. he insisted on doing it so he's how if do something they, goes wrong see, there is underwriting that has to happen how do they because they don't want to lose their but star he's in supposed the middle to be of as good of a driver um, as he is with guns and he's maybe he's a robot <laughs> explains a lot inferno <laughs> inferno inferno um he's one of my now i gotta redo my robot list uh keanu reeves number one um bumping bumblebee off so but he <laughs> He's, there's no movie dedicated to him. I mean, he does get jacked into in the Matrix. Maybe that he's like a. So he's the robot. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right, that's Corey's number two. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Corey's number three is John Wick Chapter Two, and that was mine at uh, my number two at some point, but no longer. So it's now just an honorable mention for me. Mike, what is your number three? Yeah, we're gonna jump to number three because I actually haven't seen. It took me how how many years to see the original John Wick, and I still haven't. And they're so good, man. I know. I'm uh, just saying. I, I was very worried. I think I saw Knock Knock in the interim, and oh. you don't want to do that. Yeah, I considered <laughs> watching that because it's a don't. Eli Roth film. But yes, and it's mm, <laughs> there's some bad mm. acting in that one too. Um, when he like basically just describes the movie to them, he's like, "I let you in, and you do this, and now you do this." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Keanu. Although That's again, I don't think he wrote those lines. So <laughs> true. Thank you, Eli Roth. Okay, so, well, we were talking about tension, or at least I was in my one, and I think a lot of that with the cat and mouse. And mm-hmm. So, it may not be considered so uh, as tense today, by today's standards, but 1986's The Hitcher, for me, oozed tension like an assortment of summer bug bites might ooze. Mm, that's probably too descriptive. Um, <laughs> in any case, Rutger Hauer really excels at playing a heavy... We saw that in Blade Runner, and going at the Hitcher is no exception. Uh, ratings may not agree. 61% fresh rating and 7.3 IMDb score. Uh, no meta score uh, from what I could see. But uh, basically, the storyline involves C. Thomas Howell coming off of a couple years after The Outsiders, offering a ride to the very type of person that no one should be giving a ride to. Um, it's a, I mean, I'm sure that this movie did for hitchhikers what... Jaws did for the beaches. Um, in any case, to be honest, the entirety of the film is a cat and mouse car chase at slow, well, not just slow, it's at varying speeds. Um, some t- the protagonist is basically trying to make his best effort as best he can to stay ahead or even keep up with John Ryder. <laughs> I see that they're being a little clever. 
with the name. And there's varying levels of effect uh, of, of how he gets on with this uh, and uh, various failures that he happens to... Because John Ryder's a homicidal maniac, basically, and he finds out very quickly. And after he gets rid of the hitcher, you, he's like, oh, okay. And then he happens to see that that hitcher, John Ryder, is in a station wagon with a family. And so he's trying to warn them, but obviously the all, all he looks like is like a crazy driver. And so, you know, they pull off. Did you mention uh, that Jennifer Jason Lee's in this movie? I did not. I forgot, because, and I shouldn't because I love Jennifer Jason Lee. However, I will say if you're a fan of hers, and maybe this is why I kind of shut it out, it doesn't end well. Oh, uh, okay. Um, well, I mean, that that happens in some of her other movies, too. I, I, well, and that, then that, in her, yeah, in her case, in her character's case, just be warned. I mean, it's pretty, they don't show it, but what happens is pretty, brutal. pretty brutal. It's like, any, and a protagonist can do nothing about it. But yeah, she's she's great. I love her. Did you know that they remade this movie? I did, but I don't claim it, even though uh, Sean Bean is great. Sean Bean is uh, in nope, it. Nope. Nope. No, yeah, it's got a 28 Metacritic from the garbage. 2007 it version. It is garbage. Um, and it his is name garbage. is still John Ryder. So. That's funny. Maybe it's his son. <laughs> it doesn't say Junior. Son. But, could oh. be. <laughs> um, but uh, was Jim Halsey the other guy? I, I really didn't Got pay it. attention to the, the remake because oh, it was no. unnecessary. Jim Halsey, I meant, was the name of the character. I didn't know if he was Oh, the uh, first movie. St. Thomas Howell? Yeah, was that um, his name? I can dig it up. Because uh, this, this Jim Halsey is played by Zachary Knighton. But the movie also has um, the remake, uh, Neil Mc, McDonough? McDonough? Which I feel for the guy because he, mm, he's good, but sometimes not so good. Yeah, these remakes probably need to stop because, like, this seems like a fairly obscure film in the first place, and then it's like, let's remake that. And maybe the hope is that no one will realize it was a remake. <laughs> but no, I knew, and I just had this a bad feeling of it. It was twenty. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's the original character's name? Jim Halsey. Yep. Yep. So Jennifer Jason. Wow, she's great. So <laughs> there you go. It's uh remade and. Mike does not recommend, although not seen, to be fair. Um, they did rename the girl, though. Uh, Jennifer I don't have to stick my head up a bull's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Take the butcher's word for it? Yes. Take the critic's word for it. 28 on Metacritic. So <laughs> in the original one, I didn't realize this, in the original one, Armin Shimmer, Shimmerman, he played Quark in the Star Trek oh, okay. franchise, and he's in, he's in this one. I didn't realize that. I'm not in familiar enough with the Star Trek franchise. <gasps> What? Um, I've got you playing Star Trek timelines. I know. It's crazy. I, there's so many of the characters in that. Like, I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a fun game. Take my money. So, um, I agree. All right. Uh, my number two. We're up to number two already. Again, the originally it was John Wick Chapter 2. However, since Corey had that, I decided to change mine to another Keanu Reeves movie, Matrix Reloaded from 2003, which is... Most people hate the sequels for the Matrixes. I, I like the second one more. The third one ruined it for me, and mainly because of the Mech Warriors. I I can't get past that whole sequence in Zion. Um, they went a little too heavy-handed with the Jesus symmet- uh, imagery in in the. But Keanu is the Jesus. one. I know. I get it. Um, but um, the Matrix Reloaded does have an awesome chase sequence on the freeway. Um, and oh, Mike does not agree with it being awesome, but <laughs> no, it's not so much that it's not awesome. And I'm, I'm gonna let you finish, but they dropped the ball 
on the van- use of vampires, werewolves. Yes, oh, we got yeah. the wraiths. Yeah, that they was pretty it. awesome. It's a really cool idea. They drop at the bone. They could have gone so the, many. The idea that it. it's a part of the matrix. The agents, the former agents, were vampires and werewolves. They, it's such a cool concept. And then yeah, they don't really go anywhere with it. Um, but that's because they went. They probably shouldn't have introduced it. Like you know what I mean? Because it 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 was just there as like unicorn so, agents. Yeah, it's a way of just kind of pulling our. Um, our mythologies, the like the myths of our culture into this mm-hmm, explanation. Because mm-hmm. every time you do something like that, it makes it feel more like maybe we are in the Matrix. Maybe well, this, well, maybe I, this movie is made as a training video so that we think it's all fictional, but it's reality. Your cats loop around a couple times. Now, Deja vu. So um, but the car chase uh, has the race, which has one of my favorite moments when they're about to hit him. They're just like, we're just going to run him over, and he just you know goes. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, ethereal. Eth- ethereal, yeah. He just goes through them, and it's cool how it passes, and then he ends up in the, uh, the his brother picks him up in the <laughs> car, and he just is sitting in the seat. And um, there's so many cool chases. There's a motorcycle shows up. Neo shows up later. There's a fight on top of a semi. Um, the agent's coming after them. I mean, there's just, it's it's chaos, um, and they couldn't get a stretch of freeway. I just heard this uh, on, uh, they couldn't get a stretch of freeway, so they had to build the freeway that they're on. They use an old, um, like an airstrip, and they they built the walls up, and then the rest is CGI, which is why some of it looks so fake, um, especially now. But in two thousand three, it looked pretty amazing because you got to give the Wachowskis um, their visual style is very compelling. That's from what I've heard of Speed Racer. While the movie's supposed to be garbage, I, I've heard that like visually, it's a really cool movie. I've not watched it yet, but I'm not a fan of Speed Racer from the old days anyway, so I have no real attachment to the property. But um. While there's a lot in the Matrix Reloaded people hated, I, I like the Merovingian. I just wish they had chose not to make him French because it did make it a little hard to understand all of the dialogue that he was giving. Um, oh, but what are you talking about, Berk? Yeah, yeah, Pepe Le Pew was probably not the appropriate uh, uh, voice to go with for that character. Uh, not your voice in the movie because it is very over the top. Inferno. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I wish he would have matched. I wish he <laughs> That's one of his powers as the one. He just matches accents, but he can't. So <laughs> I am the one. He just thinks uh-huh. he can. <laughs> this is my French accent. <laughs> what? I yes. can speak in fluent uh-huh. French. Wee uh-huh. wee. Oui, oui. Yes, wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, um, Bring me some cheese and wine. <laughs> that's better than Keanu's. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but I like the second movie. In particular, that car chase is awesome. It's one of the best action sequences in it's definitely one of the best action sequences in the last two movies. Um, but I would say you could argue that's in the top five for the whole franchise because um, it's a really awesome chase sequence. Although I do like the foot chase more from the first movie when they're chasing after him and he's grabbing phones off of people and uh, trying to... Not, I, not I like that car, chase. Not, not a car chase, though. Car, so so Matrix Reloaded, the uh, chase on the freeway is my number two. I, I Yeah, I could see it. I just the, the, the sequels have problems. And um, I just can't get over the thing, the missed opportunities that were there. And that's tough. It's funny. I just, I like to hit the trivia section. (laughs) There's this part where they mention the Merovingians swearing in French. He says, Non de you, putain de putain de merde. I can't do all this, (laughs) but that's my French accent. Salopier de Oh, I better not do this. If you have any French listeners, uh, we just lost all of them. I apologize. (laughs) Oh. oh man, um, please! You already hate Mon Americans. Ami. <laughs> Let's not hate you. <laughs> um, but I have to say though, I think the trilogy—if the third movie ended better, if it wasn't what it was, 
you may have salvaged the, the the trilogy because the second one's good enough that if the third one had ended strong, I think people would have been okay with the the flaws of the second movie. But they just went deeper, and it went it well. Went and way the south. danger, and the danger, and see, I'm a fan of the first one, and I feel like you can watch it and be okay and not watch any of the others. The danger is when you have a character as powerful as Neo's was. Where's the where is the danger? Where's the risk yeah. in the second? Well, and it, the risk is back home. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Where he's not all. Yeah, because he they haven't won yet. That's and true. Um, I think the stakes are there. I think the problem though is when they they bring Agent Smith into the real world at the end of the second one, it starts to go off off yeah. a rail, and then um, even Neo being able to get back into the Matrix without connecting, without being plugged in, is. You know, like what? <laughs> that goes against you're everything breaking you all built of your up. rules. Yeah, <laughs> like, you made interesting this. fact. Big ups to GM. They donated how many cards do you think jo- GM donated? And for that chasing, mm-hmm. in the production, the overall production, I'm gonna go fifty. Three hundred cars what? were donated. Wow! All three hundred were wrecked by the end. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh man! They're like, okay, we're, you're, you you're sure there won't be any scratches? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, just leave them in the yeah, back. Yeah, you'll be good. They'll be uh, good. We'll take care we'll, of them. Can we watch? Uh, we'll take care of them. You can't, you can't watch until we're done. Here's your cars back. Yeah, and it's just like pieces, like it's just like a scrap of pile of metal. Here's your cars. Now what you See, like? Now, now I'm learning Samsung, which are the firebomb makers, but the cell phones, like the ones that they, the SPH and dash. Hyphen N seven N two seventy. I'm getting excited. Awesome How many ones. do you think they produced? I don't know. Is it few? Like, is it like a small number or a big number? Well, for sale. Okay, they're for sale. Um, a thousand. Ten thousand, oh. which ended up selling out. Thank you, The Matrix, for selling. It was um, a cool phone. It w- th- th- they did have some really yeah. cool tech. And let's be real. How many people switched to the like the um, armless glasses from Morpheus <laughs> like in the first movie? Just the little clip-ons. Because <laughs> um, everyone's like, those are awesome. They're impractical, but man, they're awesome. All right. Uh, let's move into Corey's number two, um, which I'm really excited about this one. Um, Hell or High Water from 2016. Um, she's listed the final chase. Um, I love this whole scene, but especially when the brothers are being pursued by armed townspeople. Tanner stops the truck after they've gained some distance and gets out with a uh, with a gun. After he starts shooting at the other vehicles, they finally retreat. Uh, shout out to me. Um, she gives me a shout out for telling her to watch this film. Um, I thought it was great and had some uh, had someone. Ooh, it had somehow flown o- flown under her radar. Um, she loves Tanner, which is Ben Foster, and Toby, which is Chris Pine, and of course you have. Um, Jeff Bridges as, uh, yeah, I, I was concerned I said the wrong one again. Jeff Bridges as uh, the Texas Ranger, um, kind of playing his character from True Grit, which is great. Um, oh. That's kind of his thing now. He does this country guy. Um, that's kind of what it looks like he's going to be in the Kingsman sequel. Cause country guy? Yeah, he's got, the ca- he's got the hat already. And they're the, um, I forgot what their name is because it's the American version of the Kingsman. The... Um, Statesman? The Statesman. That's it. Boom. I'm, I'm a writer for Hollywood now. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I write, I write one word phrases and that's it. Like Okay, so you have True Grit. You have the True Country or True Heart or Country Heart. He, where he's a country musician. I can't think of what it's called. Pure Country? Something like that. It's one of those movies. Pure uh, Country is really old. It's not very old. It's after uh, True Grit. Then that's a different movie. Yeah. Pure some, Country. It's something with it. Heart, I think. Like Heart. Country Heart. Something like that. Down, home, down home South Country then, Heart. 
this is a very unseen movie, but R.I.P.D., which was the Men in I Black saw, type movie. John liked that. Yeah, and uh, he's very much a sheriff. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. Then, okay. And yeah. then uh, Hell or High Water, and now this movie uh, that looks like he's going to be playing a similar type of character. <laughs> he likes this country persona that he's picked up in his later years. I'm getting paid. But um, Hell or High Water was great. I. I didn't remember the chase when I saw that it was on her list. Um, I do remember after she said that. Um, man, I don't. I need to rewatch that movie. I really liked it a lot when I watched it, but I saw it amongst a uh, you know three hundred and something other movies last year. So it is. Got lost. In the it's shuffle. a blip. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't recall it, and I've been wanting to watch that. It's one. really good. Yeah. Um. I I have it digital on my Isn't PS3. It, I it was on demand. Uh, oh yeah, I think it is now. I think yeah. it is on HBO or something. Um. There's a lot of good stuff from last year out on HBO right now. Nice. Um, I was looking yesterday, and I was like, oh, I want to see this. I want to watch that. I want to see that. And that's in Bruges is on Stars, which is how I watch that. Um, that's a good one, because he's partnered <laughs> up with Simon Pegg's dude. Uh, what do you mean? mean? Nick Frost? No. No, Who it's uh, Gleason. Oh, okay, I got it wrong. Mad-Eye Moody from the Harry Potter movies. He's good, too, though. He's great. Yeah, Brent, Brendan Gleason, and he's in Gangs of New York as well. Dang, I, um, I just failed. And then, But two Harry Potter characters in that movie now that you mentioned, because Ray Fiennes is uh, Harry. And Ray Fiennes is Voldemort in the Harry Potter films. Huh. So. See, I missed that one. Yep. Um, I like Ray Fiennes quite a bit. He's a g- really great actor. And I like how he spells his name. Yes, because it doesn't look like Ray. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, that's Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> What's up, Ralph Fiennes? It's Ralph Fiennes. 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 <laughs> Ralph Fiennes. Oh, okay, we're, sorry. We're before destroying I destroying our European market. <laughs> before I, this is so timely. Okay. The trivia on Lambert Wilson's French accent as the Merovingian is intentionally exaggerated at the director's demand. You can thank the Wachowskis. Yeah. He speaks English very well and said it was the only deception towards his only deception in the production. I don't know why they made him go Pepe. Lee. Because he cool. <laughs> it's like, hey, have you ever seen the Looney Tunes? And he's like, what? The what? Have you ever seen watch, Looney Tunes? Watch all these Pepe the Pew ones. <laughs> I want that accent in your character. Um, <laughs> That's outrageous. He even chases women like Pepe. <laughs> he's like sending desserts that Ooh, make him happy. That's very Bill Cosby-like. It, oh, no. Uh, don't even get started on that. <laughs> you heard he got... Yeah, yeah you listen to HBO. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, tragedy. And and that whole planned tour. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. That he's gonna, Car- like, that I'm going to show you how to protect yourself from being accused of rape. <sighs> um, Seriously. Wow, Bill Cosby. Just um, go. Mm. Someone needs to slap him. All right. Please don't slap Bill Cosby and say, I told you to. All right. Um, with, a, with a lawsuit that sticks. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Slap him with a lawsuit. That Where's sticks. number two, Mike? No matter dear. Uh, so here's the second of William Friedkin's Friedkin's films to make my car chase list. 1985's To Live and Die in L.A. And to be honest, I feel I've mentioned this one and a couple others on my previously related list a long while back. So I apologize for recycling, but there it is. Um, so To Live and Die in L.A. starring William Peterson as roguish Secret Service agent Richard Chance. He's out for vengeance for the murder of his longtime partner. Willem Dafoe plays his Amazing antagonist, counterfeiter Eric Masters. 94% fresh rating, 7.3 IMDb score, no meta score. In essence, this car chase that I'm talking about in To Live and Die in L.A. has the qualities of a typical chase, but Friedkin wanted to up the ante by having the chase take place against the flow of traffic. Again, in a time when CGI was not the norm, nor was it readily available, I feel this was a testament to filmmaking and the scene that the scene was even done or... This is something that kind of boggles my mind that it was even covered by insurance. It's, I can't imagine the kind of logistical nightmare there that this would have involved and that yet there it is. 
it's a sight to behold to see an actual car chase taking place against the normal flow of what looks oh. like a highway. I don't know how they did it. I haven't. I'm haven't sure it's in the trivia. I'll have to take up. a look. I this is a movie that I plan on seeing but have not seen. Um, it's tough to find. Is the other every once in a while you'll see it on broadcast. Is this Kim Basinger? Um, or I is that a different? You, I don't. There's think so many L.A. movies. I think I'm confusing my. And no, it's not. Deborah, Deborah Fewer. No, it's is then what? Um, uh, John Turturro's in this. He does not get urinated on though. <laughs> that you remember? That I um, recall. L.A. Confidential is what I was thinking. You know who also is in this? This is odd. You don't see him in very Robert Downey, Senior. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I need to watch this movie. Um, it's on my list for sure. I. I want to check out more of it. Oh, you know what? I almost bought this. Um, no, wait. I did buy it. I bought it on Blu-ray at uh, Dollar General. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, did it. you get a contact high from being there? Because I know when last time we were in <laughs> that a Dollar, was Dollar General. Tree. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, everybody, if you ever need to feel a little trippy after shopping, go to the Dollar Tree over there by the Nike outlet. We don't recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't say I recommended yeah. it. It was and weird. It was unintentional. Yeah, we literally walked past. And we don't know for sure. But we do know that we spend a lot of money on junk food at Dollar Tree. <laughs> so I bought a lot of junk food, and we we're like, "Hey, man!" I felt like Tommy Chong and and <laughs> and, and oh Cheech no. Marin. It takes a lot more than walking by <laughs> to be those guys. I don't, I don't know, man. We were all enjoying ourselves that afternoon. Well, we were at a comic book shop for like an hour before that, so maybe we, there was eu the euphoria mixed with the smell. Uh -huh, sure, <laughs> sure. All right. Well, uh, number two for Mike, I have not seen, um, which means I have one left to hopefully have actually seen one of your movies. Um, I don't think I've seen any of them. <coughs> now that, wait, recap your list for me so far. Uh, French Connection, Ronan, The Hitcher, To Live and Die yeah, in nope, L.A., no. and I will save my save number one. Save your number one. Um, nope, but I, I feel like you've seen my number one, um, and it is Corey's number four. Um, so going back to Corey's uh, is Mad Max Fury Road, the opening chase after Furiosa. Um, where we get to hear uh, uh, "What a Lovely Day" and uh, by Nicholas Holt, and that uh, needs more French accent. Uh, Tom Hardy, uh, Charlize Theron. <laughs> um, actually, I think it is Theron. I keep forgetting um, how she uh, wants to be yeah, pronounced. I think it's Theron. Um, Corey says the first chase. I hope this one counts. Most of the vehicles are cars. To be fair, they are not traditional cars, but they're definitely cars. They have four wheels and some motorcycles. The mayhem, the guitar guy, the drums, everything <laughs> is so perfect and over the top. I love when Nix uh, thinks Immortan Joe looks at him and proclaims, I am awaited in Valhalla. I may have used this on our top five chases. She doesn't remember. Um, I, I don't think I did. It was on an honorable mention for my chase then. And because, I mean, you could just say the movie because the whole movie is basically one giant car chase um, for two hours minus a few moments of, of rest. But... Um, the opening car chase just sets the tone and the, the speed for the film. Uh, Mike, you mentioned earlier about modern car, uh, movies not using practical, not George Miller. He went full practical as much as he could. Like Most of the CG is only um, the the lightning storm that they end up in at one point, um, or the sandstorm with lightning in it. Um, and the movie's intense. Uh, it's visually shot. There's so many cool things about it. Like, Do you know they, they shot all of the points of action at the center? of the screen so the focus is always in the center so when they're cutting between things it's always your eyes are never taken away from the center which is why they can cut so rapidly and you don't get disoriented like the that, planning that, that's a testament to george miller and exactly uh, it's funny we'll, we'll let you finish though. well it, the the movie's so perfectly shot it's uh 
paced correctly because again when there are there are lulls and it's just enough for you to catch your breath and then it picks back up again and so this car chase um it features some really great moments you get to see them uh, spray paint their mouth silver which initially you're just like what is up with that but it's the whole the culture of this chrome world um the morton joe's crew furiosa uh and then max has the blood bag hanging on the front of the car um in that opening sequence and then you know him him escaping essentially um but them using him as a hood ornament you know it's it's crazy it's it's just such an awesome sequence um it has to be and to be fair you could have picked mad max the original you could have picked road warrior all have awesome car chases in them um thunderdome you can probably not pick Um, it was more dusty and dirty and it, it was more uh Tina Turnery. There, there wasn't as much with the cars in that one that I it remember. Was Thunderdome. Yeah, it's about the dome. Um, Although it was beyond Thunderdome, but they spent a lot of time. They spent a lot of time in Thunderdome. It was very deceptive. Uh, it's maybe that was very, very sneaky yes. of them. <laughs> but Fury Road, um, honestly, was my first full Mad Max movie too. I don't think I'd seen the other ones, and I had no interest in seeing it if it wasn't for one of my good friends uh, kind of convincing me to come, go with him to the theater. I probably would have skipped it and then missed out, and I'm glad I didn't. I also did check it out in 3D, which was unusual, but um, that would have been interesting. It's really cool. <laughs> like the center-based. Yeah, because you know it. It was never. You would think a movie like this could make you motion sick, but because of how he shot it, uh, the rapid cuts and the rapid movements don't. You're always looking at the center, and it's 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 just awesome. Um, I saw a really cool video on YouTube. Uh, I'm gonna forget her name, but she, uh, man, I'll have to look it up. But she did a. Um, Basically, she wanted to point out that while most people hate on the Michael Bay Transformers movies, there are five of them. They've made their it's the fourth highest grossing franchise, uh, I think, ever. Um, and no one has done like a, a critical analysis of the movies It's like they're just brushing them off. But she's like, so there's something to these people are it's in our zeitgeist enough. So she did it. And um, I think it's the. It's one of the. Uh, it might be the first video in the five video series. Um, she talks about his editing versus like George Miller's style in this in Furio and how it's centered. And then Michael Bay is erratic and all over the place. Um, and it is a technique. It is not necessarily wrong. It's just a different style. Um, and, but M- Michael Bay is known for his kinetic visuals, and that's what you get now. Uh, George Miller shows that you can have kinetic visuals, but have some kind of sense of rhyme or reason at the same time, and that's you know my opinion. Yeah, because I didn't feel lost in Fury Road as far no. as when it comes to that. The Transformer stuff, it's like, okay, which well, that one? doesn't help that all the Transformers are so similar, indistinctive um, from one another, especially the. Uh, the you know, in the animated one, it was really easy to see which ones were fighting each other. Yeah. <laughs> because it was hard to draw a bunch <laughs> of them at once. Um, all right, so let's go to uh, Corey's number one. Um, Corey's number one is Drive, uh, which was my number three originally, the same chase. Um, Drive is the 2011 Nicholas Winding Wren film uh, starring Ryan Gosling. Um, and uh, the opening getaway scene uh, is the scene that she picked, and that was the scene I had as well. Um, but I took off my list uh, to make room for other movies. Um, she says, I love this opening. I think it sets up the movie and character, the driver, so well. He is always calm. He is never hasty, but always at in his toes, which I actually think that's how he's supposed to be, but he allows himself to get emotional later in the movie, and that ends up being essentially his downfall. Um, but this scene really kind of establishes who he is uh, when it comes to his job. 
The way he hides out under the overpass and parks the car in a parking garage at a baseball game illustrates this perfectly. Uh, you get tense, anxious, and nervous, the exact opposite of uh, Driver, who is calm and collective. Um, I really like her statements there. Um, it is another cat-and-mouse type chase, although there is speed. It's a lot of him uh, being very calm and selective about when to pick his moments um, and even how he gets away because he ends up uh, – he's the driver for two guys that are robbing someplace. The alarm goes off. So he has to be real calm. The cops are looking for him, but he's cool and collective. And then the helicopter catches him, so he has to speed off, hides under the overpass. And how he gets away is uh, he's waiting. He's listening to the radio. He's listening to the cop radio, but he also has the radio on. And um, he hears that a local sports uh, – there's a sports game going on. I think it's the Staples Center. And the game ends. And so what, what he does is he parks in the parking lot of the stadium and walks out with all the crowd. So there's all these hundreds of people leaving the game, and he just kind of blends in with the crowd, and so do the robbers. And that's how they're able to get away. And it's it's compelling. It's very well shot. It's A lot of it's shot from like a dashboard cam, uh, but not the Hitchcock style where we're looking at the driver face on. We're more of like a passenger looking from like a low angle looking up at him. Um, and it's, it's a really compelling sequence. Um, one of my favorite uh, drive-oriented films, actually. I, I love drive. Um, I just watched it for the first time last year as well. And uh, visually, it's my favorite of the Nicholas Winding Ren movies that I've seen. I haven't seen Only God Forgives, but I did see The Neon Demon, which grossed me out more than anything. So, uh, But he does have an, a very interesting visual style, so I'll say that. Have you seen Drive, Mike? See, I really... Well, no, I'm not. I will say that. I did like the Neon Demon, so... And I'm reading more and more of this. See, I didn't realize... Um, where is it? Uh, the... Is that Albert Brooks? Ron oh, yeah. Perlman? Yeah, Perlman's um, got a cool character in this movie. Uh, Ryan Gosling was a rich... Well, Hugh Jackman was supposed to be that role. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't. That's in no offense to Hugh, but I like Ryan Gosling a lot. Uh, there was... Oh, yeah, Brian Cranston. Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston. Oscar Isaac. Mm, yeah he's a small part um Mm -hmm. same thing christina hendrix has a very small part in the movie um she's from mad men i believe is where she's her claim to fame um but albert brooks has a really great role uh brian cranston is solid but he does kind of do his slightly overacting thing that he does (laughs) um but uh gosling is very understated something that i've seen him do a couple of times but he can definitely be big and uh he's not in that movie at all so i'll have to watch it i not sure why I haven't. Uh, there was another. What's the other one? Tom Cruise is the driver. Collateral. Collateral. I think Jamie Foxx is the driver. John, I'm that. sorry, Jamie yeah. Foxx. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise is him. And I did. S- I saw that in the theater, um, because that was at the time when I was going to the theater like regularly. Uh, and I don't remember it very well. Apparently, though, it's it's well regarded, which I w- I was surprised. I didn't because I don't remember anyone talking about it when I saw it. Um, but apparently, it it did pretty well critically. Yeah, it did, and uh, again, that's one I missed, so I don't know. I'm just behind on some of these newer well, there's ones. there's only so many movies you can watch in a year. Uh, I pushed it last year. <laughs> so, um, you know, you try, to, you try to see as many as you can, and, of course, you're going to miss some. Um, and sometimes it's fun to, to see the ones that fell through the cracks for other people. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about Collateral, or, or everyone's talking about Drive, and then you saw, you know, the 2007 Hitcher remake, and you're like, hey... Uh, no. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. No, I that's was not a good. Not like hey, <laughs> not a good. Like, stay away. Hey, stay away. It rhymes. Um, what do you say? And Corey did not do an honorable mentions either. Um, I know. Oh, I haven't gotten to my number one. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Like, so that's all I have for Corey. 
Uh, I do have a couple honorable mentions, but Mike, what is your number one? Ironically enough, my number one one is very, very related to one of your picks. Oh. Um, my number one was George Miller's The Road Warrior from 1981. And I just won because I've seen one of your Oh, <laughs> you so lucked out. You so lucked out. 98% fresh rating, 7.6 IMDb score, 76 mega score. Mega score, meta score, not mm-hmm, mega. Mm-hmm. So let's just jump to the chase. The ending chase where Max is leading the tanker out of the mm-hmm. compound and takes on the humongous during set chase. My affinity for these chase scenes that predate CGI knows no bounds at all. And when the announcement came out for Mad Max Fury Road, my worry was that it would be a dustier, grittier, oh, you know, like Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. And thankfully it wasn't. And it definitely harkened back to the World Warriors uh, because yeah. going back to the way they've done the effect, I should have seen Fury Road at the theater because I would yeah. have loved it. It's okay. uh, Mad Max, I did not get into as much. The Road Warrior was, I remember mm-hmm. just the, that vision of the future. And um, at the time, Games Magazine is still in print, but only, I think it's bi-monthly. And they even, it, it, it wasn't called The Road Warrior, but there was a game called Car Wars. Oh. And you would build up, and it wasn't quite a card game. It's really cool, and that kind of drew me in. Something about, I don't know, even now in video games, uh, a while, a few years back, there was Carmageddon. There was, you know, there's all these mm-hmm. different ones where you. I like Twisted Metal. Twisted I, Metal, I yeah. Love see, those. see, those kind of, that whole kind of genre. Um, it all had to be practical effects, something that couldn't or wouldn't be done today, at least not that way, or probably wouldn't be underwritten. So um, it's. It's. I, I I don't even know what else I could add to it because it's just funny that you all picked Fury Road, which yeah. is definitely a direct it's descendant. Yes, um, I've seen Fury Road twice, I think, maybe three times. Um, and so that's why I've only seen Road Warrior once. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and the first Mad Max, there's some really cool car chases in that one. And in fact, uh, there's a scene where a motorcyclist, um he wrecks and the motorcycle hits the head and that was like legit like that actually the guy got hit by the motorcycle that Ooh. hard uh, but they left it in because like well he he got hit might as well use it so um it's a brutal sequence in the <laughs> first movie but it's and it happened so um my honorable mentions uh i had to throw a michael bay movie in there i threw in bad boys um there's <laughs> a uh, car chase where they're driving a big like van and they're trying to get away and they like start throwing uh barrels of uh ether I think um, out of the van because it was like a the van the van was making a delivery of ether to cut the cocaine with or whatever. Um, it's funny because that movie was on AMC, uh, IFC today, and I was actually watching part of it. Going that was on, I noticed because uh, I watched uh, Kick Ass, and then I was watching that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I have Dark Knight. Um, I had Drive. I had John Wick Chapter Two, but the uh, I had another comedic one, Pineapple Express. Um, James Franco foot through the windshield uh, driving a police car that they've stolen trying to get away from the bad police officer. Um, it's it's silly. It's hilarious because he's got his leg, you know, like in a position that it would never be comfortable to drive it because uh, <laughs> he had threw a slushy on the windshield in order to get the cop to come out of the car so he could steal it. And so it's it's covered. And then I think she shot at it or something because it's, it's busted. So he thinks I'll just kick the windshield like in the movies and it'll fall off. Instead, his foot goes through the windshield, and now his foot's just like wedged, <laughs> and he's driving. Um, it's dumb, but it's it's funny, and it is a it's a pretty funny chase sequence. So, I I thought I'd give credit because that's one of the only James Franco performances I like. Um, is Pineapple Express? Um, I I don't know why I, I don't hate him in that movie, where I hate him in a lot of other stuff. But 
Um, I think that's our list, Mike. You have no honorable mentions, right? Uh, except for the ones we talked about, but I did not create an honorable mentions list. Right. I just kind of went with what I... Uh, I, I kind of had it stuck in my head to keep it to non, you know, the practical effects mm. ones. Well, um, we'd love to hear your top five chases. We're sure we left some things out. Obviously, there's the iconic chases that I just haven't seen, like Bullet. Um, but if there's definitely some more modern ones maybe that we missed, uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey is at Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And Mike? At Server Monkey. And we would love to hear your list uh, if you want to tweet at us or you can leave comments on our website. Um, share this, please. Tell people about us. Help us spread the word about BurkeReviews.com. Um, if you would like, you can direct message me on Twitter or uh, email me at JohnBurke at BurkeReviews.com with your address. And I will gladly send you a Burke Review sticker that you can throw on your car, on your, um, you know, your cell phone, yourself. Yeah, you can make your own kind of knockoff T-shirt. Um, however you want to do it. If you help us spread the word, we will be very grateful uh, listeners, fans, etc. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Top Five Movies, and um, this week for Movie Club, Corey and I are watching uh, the two—I um, forgot what year—the Funny Games, the American version, 2007, I think. Funny Games with Michael Pitt, Naomi Watts, and um, is it Tim Roth. Um, right. I've never seen it. Corey's a fan, so I'll be watching it this week. It is available on demand. So, if you want to watch that and give us your reviews, thank you very much. We'll be back. Mike, thanks for uh, stopping by. Yep. Always glad to do so. Peace. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs>